Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We're going to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, a former educator, STEM administrator for IPS. He's an education journalist, co-founder of the chalkboardreview.com. How are you, my man? Absolutely stellar, gentlemen. Any number of places we could start. Let's uh, explain to people real quick who Randy Weingarten is, uh, head of the, the teachers' union, and then... Man, she is some ridiculous beef with with Ron DeSantis, and and if you could explain that whole thing to us, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely, Randy Weingarten is the head of the American Federation for Teachers. It's one of the largest national teachers unions, uh, next to the NEA, which the ISTA, the Indiana State Teachers Association, is a part of. So the AFT worked very closely with the CDC during uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, to uh, ask the CDC to keep kids locked out of classrooms longer. Uh, She advocated that anyone allowing kids back into classrooms uh, was doing damage to children, that it was going to kill all of the old people and all of these other things that turned out not to be true. And now uh, she has continually uh, been going after Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida. Of course, as you guys know, Governor DeSantis led the way uh, during the lockdowns by getting Florida children back to classrooms sooner. And as we found so far, the test results have come back a lot better than, say, California, who is too terrified to even release any of their statewide testing scores who kept students locked up the longest. So, yeah, she does not like DeSantis at all. He's the antithesis to everything she stands for, and that's uh, evident in pretty much everything she says. And this horrible woman, who really never, to me, cared about the children, she just wanted her teachers to have all of these perks and all of this time off. Now she's criticizing Florida's governor, saying that he didn't care about the children. This is the most hypocritical, laughable thing I've ever seen, Tony. I mean, it really is. And there's no reason that she should be able to say, you know, we can help kids recover and thrive. And we would ask the governor, instead of smearing teachers, instead of calling them names, roll up your sleeves and work with us to actually help kids thrive. Yeah. When she is the one who has kept kids from thriving for the last two years, she's also advocating for Title IX reform, which would see states like Florida stripped of federal funding um, and would also see states like Florida's education system not be able to provide Uh, reduced lunches to kids uh, because Florida has laws on the books that wouldn't let um, uh, boys change in girls' locker rooms and think. I mean, it's incredible to see Randy Weingarten advocate against the children of Florida and yet have the gall to lecture someone else on it. And I'm sure she was totally against the passage of that bill in Florida, the parental rights bill, essentially, or what some wrongly named the don't say gay bill, which which is a total misnomer. Yeah, there were several press releases and internal communications that have been revealed from the AFT that was a massive campaign against uh, Florida's HB 1557, which, of course, just said you're not allowed to talk about sexual content with kids until after the third grade. I know, shockingly terrible. Apparently that (laughs) means don't say gay, I guess, even though we at Chalkboard Review looked through the bill, couldn't find the words don't say gay or even the word gay anywhere in 
the uh, bill. But you How know, dare you read the bill, Tony? What's wrong with you? Look at you reading you the gotta, bill. You have to pass the bill before you know what's in it, okay? <laughs> oh, that's a nice old reference. I like that. Uh, Tony Kennett with us from Chalkboard Review. Tony, you came on with me last Wednesday, and there was this story of an all-ages drag show coming to the children of Pendleton. What? Well... The very next day, there was a lot of chatter about some folks saying, well, maybe we need to pump the brakes on this. The next thing you know, the event got canceled. So for those of those who are listening right now that didn't follow this story closely, let's go from the beginning here. What was proposed in Pendleton and why didn't it happen? So on October the 1st, there is a Pride event scheduled in Pendleton by the Pendleton Pride community and sponsored by uh, this education nonprofit called Intersect. The best way to describe Intersect is it's kind of like a like a dare sort of organization. They were originally founded to advocate against smoking, and I guess now they also advocate against vaping. And they had uh, they had promoted this event. They would sponsored it, provided the insurance for this event as well. And then the schedule came out that at the Pride event, there was going to be a drag show reading hour with this very controversial individual who's, let's just say, has a very troubling history, and especially regarding social media and videos he's released. And then they were also going to do this, like, drag show catwalk for the kids uh, at Pendleton. And so a lot of parents were understandably concerned. Uh, We got a few tips at Chalkboard Review. We investigated the story. And uh, we ended up releasing the information. And after some major backlash from the eastern central Indiana communities, Intersect pulled uh, its sponsorship uh, offer until the pride movement in Pendleton would cancel the drag show and cancel the drag reading hour. And the drag reading hour has indeed been canceled. It is, they said, if this proceeds, we're not going to fund it. And if they can't fund it, then there will be no insurance for the event, which, as you guys can understand, if you don't have insurance for an event, that's a very, very serious problem. And that's where we are at the moment. What, what is it, generally speaking, with I don't have a problem with pride fests or, uh, or, or drag shows, but, but when you mix in kids, I mean, there's social media clips all over the place. I just saw a very disturbing this week about a, a kid putting – his hands on uh, somebody at a drag show. Was, oh, uh, that somebody... guy with the weird mermaid fish dress yes. or whatever, and this girl walked up and put her hand on his crotch. Where is the FBI? And normally, exactly. I, and my question is this. If, if you're an adult and, like, some kid comes up and, like, they're reaching for your belt or maybe a cup in your hand down by your waist and they accidentally put their hand where they're not supposed to be, shouldn't your first reaction be to immediately move their hand and maybe offer a remark like, hey, don't yeah. touch people there. That's very inappropriate. Tony Kennett with us from Chalkboard Review. Uh, Tony, what I love about having you as a guest is we can talk about school issues, and I know that's kind of your bread and butter, things happening in the educational world, but we could also talk about everything. So while we're focused on this hurricane that's happening in Florida right now, this big, strong, nasty hurricane, there are some other major stories that might not be getting the attention they deserve because of the storm. We could start in a number of places here, uh, but your thoughts on what's happening with this pipeline? 
So I am going to say that the German government has released a, an official statement. Uh, so for the individuals who may not know, uh, the Nord Stream pipeline from Russia to Germany was a natural gas pipeline or is a natural gas pipeline that facilitates a lot of important energy resources so that Europe doesn't freeze during the winter because they all were terrified of nuclear power for some unknown reason. And there were two specific attacks uh, reported by German and Russian authorities in tandem, saying that an international water is actually just on either side of the Denmark-controlled zone. So whoever did this knew what they were doing, have caused two major leaks in the Nord Stream pipeline. There are a lot of people saying that the United States is responsible for this. In fact, President Biden did say earlier this year that the United States would put a stop to the Nord Stream pipeline yes. if Russia yeah. did anything hanky. Um, this is a very serious act of war, if that's true. I pray to God that it's not, especially since um, President Biden has clearly shown elevated levels of dementia. As someone who has experience taking care of an individual with dementia, uh, I can say that um, it bothers me to no end that we've propped up someone who's clearly suffering from extreme dementia to the highest position in our country, including commander-in-chief, at a time when you need someone who is going to defend this country who is going to make sure that our interests and, more importantly, our citizens are safe. I mean, our Department of uh, the State Department just released a statement this morning uh, saying that all Americans need to leave Russia immediately. I saw that, yeah. That's a serious, serious yeah. thing. And right after the Nord Stream issue, I, that looks suspicious to me. I certainly hope we weren't involved. Can you stick around for one more segment? You guys got it. All right. Uh, we'll be right back here. Tony Kennett, Chalkboard Review on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. Never take a L no more. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Uh, we're going to go back to the drivehubler.com hotline uh, with Tony Kennett, chalkboard review, uh, STEM administrator for IPS at one time in his career. He's an education journalist. Um, back to something that I saw in Canada I wanted to get your uh, opinion on, the, the freak teacher that is wearing these giant cartoon prosthetic breasts into the classroom and then i was glad to see an outcry from parents in canada to get this lunatic out of the classroom what do we what do we know about that situation up in canada well first of all there's there's one more unfortunate step that you you kind of forgot to mention the guy didn't just have large boobs he also had these really big protruding nipples like this oh, overtly yeah. sexual statement that he's making to anyone who's looking at them. Um, very awkward, very disturbing. Certainly not something that you would wear in public, much less in front of kids. Uh, and there are students now that are protesting the event, uh, or excuse me, not just the event, going to school in general. They're just protesting the teacher being around them at all. And they're refusing to be anywhere near him because they rightly assert that he's being very sexual by his very nature. And uh, that in and of itself is just, it's encouraging to see people standing up to this kind of nonsense, but it's also very depressing to see how far we have fallen as a culture. If you would have told me five years ago, this is what we would be arguing over, <laughs> I yeah. not only would I not have believed you, I would have thought you were joking. But the thing is, the school has doubled down. That's also depressing. Their response to this is, well, we are well, inclusive. Yes. Very yeah. well said. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, inclusive. Yeah. I don't know how doubling down on a man, big, huge, double boobs in front of children <laughs> is anything worthwhile in the educational process. Uh, I don't know how it's inclusive 
uh, to tell children that they must be forced to sit in an overtly sexual environment. It seems that inclusivity only goes one way. Uh, it's, it's always in favor of those who are trying to be as sexual as possible and never inclusive of those who may not want anything sexual in front of their faces, notwithstanding that they're minors. Inclusivity is one of those words you hear that if you're a parent who's concerned about what's happening in the classroom, like just spitballing here, maybe you don't want your child to see large breasts and nipples in a classroom. Uh, you're going to get. Oh, let's oh, not get carried away. <laughs> you're going to hear a few buzzwords. You're going to hear inclusivity. Equity. You're going to hear equity. Uh, you're going to hear privilege. You're going to hear all of those things. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are just buzzwords that have been used by academia and also by individuals on the progressive left uh, to virtue signal and also to make you feel guilty. The idea is to make it sound like you don't want to be kind. You don't actually want people to just be who they are and follow their dreams and their heart. You want to impose some kind of evil moral hell upon them. And, of course, that's not the case. You just don't want your kids exposed to sexual nonsense or racist nonsense or any other kind of inappropriate goof-offishness that hasn't been necessary in education since its founding. But they use these words so that you feel guilty. And if you're guilty, maybe you'll be quiet and maybe you'll acquiesce. And that kind of foolishness has become vogue in American society, Canadian society, really across Western civilization as a whole. And we are going to pay the price for it with our children, which is the most horrific thing I can imagine. Tony, uh, last thing before we let you go, lots of school board seats up for grabs uh, coming up here in, in a few weeks. How do parents go about, I mean, your recommendation of how parents go about deciding who to vote for. I mean, there's not an R or a D next to these school board members' names. And I, I, I don't know if you agree if there should be or not, but with the, you know, the best way to, to go about finding out and vetting some of these, some of these people that want to be on the school board that are running uh, to make decisions in your school districts. I think that if a school board candidate wants to put an R or a D next to the name, they should be allowed to. If they want to say, hey, I ally with Republicans or I ally with Democrats, and so therefore they get to participate in the straight ticket voting process, I think that's fine. It's your choice. If I want to declare myself a Republican or Democrat, who, who should be able to stop me? That said, that's not the case in Indiana, at least at this point in time. Yeah. If you're a parent, first of all, you need to research your local candidates. There is nothing more local than your school board. Your tax dollars are paying for it, even if you're not a parent. It's very important. Do not just go read social media posts. Actually talk to these candidates and make them talk to you past the talking points. Don't don't let them get you into the weeds of the inclusivity and the fancy words and the, oh, I'm just about this really nice sounding thing. Actually make them talk to you about what policies they want to see carried through. What is their idea regarding school safety? What are their ideas regarding how students are treated, how parents are included? Actually make them give you examples and hit them with the hard questions because that's how you do good research on a candidate because those talking points aren't running for election. They're individuals who are going to be making a difference in your communities for better or for worse. Do your research. Tony Kennett, where can people find your work, my friend? You can find all of our work over at chalkboardreview.com. You can find us on social media at chalkboardrev. And if you're a sadist and have nothing better to do, you can follow me on Twitter at the Tonus. The Tonus. At the Tonus. Use discretion. <laughs> Tony, thank you. Thanks, guys.
Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.